You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Sigrun Dora Savingsdotter at Ellis Retail. Well, if you haven't started, it's too late. Sorry. <laughs> See you on the other side. Vacation time is over and it's time to uh, get up to speed with all the work and all other things that are going on. And for us, it's um, a time of a lot of preparations. We have a big event coming up. I hope you are aware of the Sassiest 2021 event. We will have over 40 speakers in 28 sessions and it's going to be a fantastic thought leadership and community event where you can go and meet people and learn a lot of new things that you can make use of in your daily work. So we are really excited about that and you can check out all information about the event at sassiest.com. Yeah, we got the domain and we are very happy about that. We are very happy. We had to pay a nice chunk of money for it, but it was worth it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. There you go. No, it's, we're really looking forward to this event and I, I want to take the opportunity here to, to say a big thank you to the community because without the community, this would have not been possible. So everybody has been so supportive in, in helping us put this together, the program, the topics, the speakers. Uh, big thank you already to all the sponsors. So it's, it's been really nice to see the community coming together, exactly what we were hoping for here. So that's great. Um, but with that being said, we actually felt that it was time to start spitting out and producing uh, podcast episodes again. And that's why we're here today. Absolutely. And now it's the third time that we visit maybe the most uh, beautiful and interesting country in the Nordics. Uh, and, and that's Iceland. So we're going back to Iceland. And this time we're going to talk to a company that has been around not forever, but for many years, uh, LS Retail. And they have done the transition to the cloud and they are now offering a full SaaS solution for their customers. And they have a, a huge partner network as well, work with channel sales, and they have had to also um, deploy that in that community. Yeah, and obviously we're, we're all about SaaS. We're, we're, <laughs> we're very biased in this case, but there's one thing being born SaaS. There's another thing being born on-prem and carrying that legacy with you. So uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to speak to Sigurn about how they've done that transition. Absolutely, because that is what her organization is working with. So uh, yeah, let's go and talk to her. Let's go and do it. Today, we are really happy to have Sigrun Dora Savingsdottir, the Chief Operating Officer at LS Retail, here as a guest at the SAS Nordic Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, Sigrun, great to have you here. And our Icelandic cohort of companies on the show is, is increasing. So that's, that's really good. How are you today and how's Iceland today? Uh, thank you. I'm good. And thanks for having me on the show. Iceland is a little bit rainy today, at least here in Reykjavik, but um, we've had a good summer so far, so we can't complain. Very good. What does one do during the summers in Iceland? Uh, well, in the past couple of years, Icelanders have been quite actively tra traveling around their own country. 
Um, we've not received as many visitors from abroad as we are used to, but uh, we've enjoyed um, seeing new new places in our own country. So uh, I went around the island this summer with my youngest son. Okay, that's very cool, and I think it's it's uh, I can relate to that because. Uh, me and my family, we never vacation in, in Sweden. And this year was the first year where we explored Sweden. And there's so much to see in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. But you never you never tend to do it. So hopefully, uh, we'll go back to some, some kind of normality soon. And we can all come and visit your beautiful country. Yeah, welcome. There's plenty to see. So Sigrun, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I am. Um, so, um, well, my background is uh, computer science. I have a a master's degree in computer science. Uh, I have been uh, working in the software business for the past 20 years or so. And I started out as a developer, but uh, quite soon I started uh, uh, going over to the more commercial side. So now I uh, work for Alice Retail and I am the chief operating officer. And uh, I lead a team which is called the Partner Operations Team. Um, and the team manages our partner programs because we work a lot uh, with partners. And um, we manage all our like contracts and uh, our, our business model, our licensing, etc. All right. So uh, do you still code from time to time? No, I have not done any real programming since 2008. So okay. it's a long time, but uh, contracts and code are actually quite similar. It's a lot of, of uh, if and else sentences in agreements as, as well as in code. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, we talked about that a little bit earlier here, that the chief operating officer, it's a role that I think in different companies... Um, contains various responsibilities and so on. And you mentioned here you work with partner operations. What are the things um, is a part of your responsibility? So, yeah, um, we at Alice Retail, we do our business almost solely through a channel of partners. So we have around 400 partner companies all over the world. And uh, those partners need to be managed and First of all, they need to be recruited, on onboarded as as eligible partners, mm. and the team manages that process of recruiting the partners and finalizing contracts with them. And we structure and um, design our partner programs, meaning what should be the benefits to partners and what should be the requirements we put forward to our partners. So that's basically what we do. And then, of course, at LS Retail, we work very closely with Microsoft because our solutions uh, are mostly built on top of Microsoft Dynamics, the platform. So we also manage our relationship with Microsoft, our programs and, and contracts with them. Okay. But, but you as a chief operating officer, is there other things that you work with as well besides the, the partner operations? I'm not, uh, I don't manage the, what you would think maybe is typically a part of a COO's role, such as, you know, managing the office or, 
or something like that. Yeah. I, I do not do that. So probably my title should should be uh, chief commercial officer would probably m- be more accurate. It's the first time we've been on a show where we change the title of, of a person. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Let me take a note. Yeah, and we will probably do another show uh, like what the heck does a chief operating officer do? <laughs> <laughs> Various things. Exactly. There you go. So for the people that don't know LS Retail, tell us a little bit about LS Retail. Who are you guys? What do you do? We um, develop a um, like business solutions for retailers, uh, restaurants, pharmacies, hotels, etc. Um, with our solution, like typical use cases would be uh, servicing customers at the point of sale, like receiving payments or checking um, product availability or taking orders and also managing inventory uh, so doing more back office things staff management analytics reporting etc right and who would you say is your ideal customer uh, i mean uh, the ver- the vertical we are focused on is the like the retail business restaurants etc um and you could say that our sweet spot is the like mid market. Okay. You could say that, but we have in our solution portfolio we actually have solutions that span also anything to even a micro business and to enterprises and we do have enterprise customers. But the bulk of our customers, we could say, are mid market businesses. All right. Um just understand the um the size of your operation C- could you give us some some numbers around your, your revenue or number of customers or em- employees and so on mm-hmm. uh yeah we we have around 250 employees um and we have uh, five five offices globally and we are headquartered in iceland um we have around 4000 logos okay in our customer portfolio it's a good chunk of logos yeah it is it's true and those those uh, customers they have uh, around 80,000 I think we're at 80,000 different locations so 80,000 different stores or restaurants that you could walk into that would be using our solution um, our revenue is around 55 to 60 million euros currently Okay. How much of that is software subscription? How much of that is related to professional services, if you have any of that? Mm-hmm. We, um, well, professional services, around 20%. We, we are focused on the IP. Okay. So the, the professional services are aimed at uh, supporting our partners with their customers. And then we have like a handful of of direct customers, which we have taken on ourselves, um, which also are behind that 20% number. Um, we, I, I can say that product-wise, we are far on our SaaS journey. So we have um, a fully ready SaaS solution and we actually launched that in 2019. Um, but the share of the revenue, uh, 
I'm thinking about percentages. I could maybe say that the like the annual recurring SaaS revenue is around 1.5 million currently, where it stands today. Yeah, and you have been around for a long time, and we're going to talk about the history and your transformation to the cloud in a little while. But have you grown organically, or have you, you know, been ventured, uh, venture funded during the years? We have uh, grown organically. Okay. Um, we have been around for many years, and we have uh, we have been owned like a hundred percent always by the then current owner. All right. And we were acquired uh, like a half a year plus back uh, by a U.S. company called Aptos. Okay. Which is like in the similar business, but doing more enterprise direct business. You was focused. All right. So someone cashed out good here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, well, before that, we had been owned by a different uh, fund, also US one. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. So very cool. And I think you, you, you touched upon it and, and you've been in business for many years. And in 2019, you went all in SaaS here. I think today we want to talk a little bit about how do you, as an established business with lots of, call it on-prem customers, so to say, make that transformation from a COO perspective? Mm. How did you prepare for it? What happened? I think that's that's some of the topics we want to dig into here a little bit today. And, and Thomas has been itching all morning here yeah. to get into this. So, so go for it, Thomas. Yeah. So when did you do the decision? When, when did you decide that now we're going to go full SaaS? <laughs> Well, um, it's it's um, <laughs> if you work with Microsoft, it's not directly maybe a decision you make for your own. You know, uh, there's a lot of push from Microsoft to um, migrate business to the cloud. Yeah. And I remember the first uh, worldwide partner conference that I participated in like the Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference. That was back in 2014. And um, the CEO was on the stage and I actually counted how many times he said, mobile first, cloud first. <laughs> and I think it was like 21 times during his speech when he said like, mobile first, cloud first. And you remember it. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he must be right. No, I, I, um, but of course it's obvious for many years that uh, you need to take your business to the cloud and your business model. Okay. And I, I would say that in the case of LS Retail, where we have Microsoft as our main provider and our technology platform, there's no option. You just, you know, you need to follow that. Yeah. And then you need to really put effort into taking your channel with you. Yeah. And um, the role of, of, the team um, around our partners is to find ways to enable them to do the cloud business um, and to like encourage them or incentivize them to migrate the business to the cloud. So how does this happen? Did you get an email from Microsoft saying that now you got to get on Azure or did someone call you or they visited you and said, here's the thing, uh, we want you to to go all in um, and creating a SaaS platform. Do you know that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just something that happens uh, over time. Um, you attend a lot of events and it's uh, 
all the messaging from Microsoft and everyone else probably is around the importance and the benefits of, of the cloud, of taking the business to the cloud. And the messaging is directed at the the end customers themselves, the like in our case the retailers, and it's directed at at us and our partners. You know the benefits of of doing cloud business over the traditional um, perpetual business. So how did you prepare for this? I know some companies, they start changing their price model to a subscription model instead in order to um, educate the customers and your own staff in, in thinking, uh, working with subscriptions, or maybe you start to with the technology to replace some things um, being SaaS instead. So mm -hmm. what, did, what did that look like uh, for you? Yeah, we. Uh, that's a good point. We started with uh, subscriptions, like not SaaS, but subscriptions back, I think it's probably six years back, six or seven years back. And um, yeah, so that's maybe where our recurring licensing model started. And our partners are, have gotten used to that. But SaaS is something different because of the delivery model and and maybe one point to point out that uh, for retailers and for a solution like the one we provide um, it's a, a mission critical solution you know you're a retailer and you're uh, receiving payments and the solution simply can't go offline then you're just losing money by the minute so that is like a big concern or, you know, it's uh, something that needs to be 100% if you're a retailer or a restaurant and you decide to um, migrate to an online solution. Okay, so otherwise they, they had a, a solution that could work offline? Exactly. You had a server or so in every store. You could fall onto that if, if uh, I mean, maybe you had... Um, an online solution, but there was always a fallback to something on-prem, you know, in the store, if you went offline. Okay. And now you wanted them to only have this uh, online SaaS solution to, to lean upon? Yeah, that would be optimal. But in, in our case, because this is just the, uh, um, the reality for retailers, what we have actually done is to... To create a hybrid solution so you can go the SaaS way so you can take the like SaaS licensing option of our solution but we provide to you a, a workaround or so so if something happens there is a fallback if you if you so choose okay I was a little bit curious about this because Thomas and I we went through a similar exercise with one of our previous employers which was also uh, in close collaboration with Microsoft, I, <laughs> let's put it that way. I think we were incentivized and they were really supportive and we made a similar transition to the cloud. Um, and one of the exercises was to go back to the existing customer base and try to migrate those. And how was that for you? Now you have this hybrid version, but what has been the reaction from, from the customer base? Are they also seeing that, yes, absolutely, we get it, everything else that we license is in the cloud, 
or is there still some resistance? Um, I would say uh, this mostly depends on where they are in their maybe upgrading cycle. So if they just recently invested in a solution that they deployed on-prem, um, it probably does not make sense for them to you know, move into a SaaS deployment and start paying a recurring SaaS fee. They probably want to wait. But if you, if you um, target the correct type of customers, you know, maybe not too large, um, maybe not a grocery store that has a lot of transactions and, you know, has a lot of uh, performance requirements and companies that implemented their solution, I don't know, four or five years back, that's maybe the sweet spot to, to find customers to migrate. Have you seen any differences when it comes to geography? Yes, we actually have. Um, I don't know if it is surprising, but uh, the uh, APAC region, so like maybe 20% of our business is in the APAC region. And they were first, I would say, to, to catch on to SaaS. And the European business has been slower. That was a surprise to me, actually. So if you take companies like, uh, no, countries like, uh, say, say Germany or even even Sweden, it's um, okay. Yeah, they were more they criticized or you know had more concerns about that option. Is it also because they don't want the data in the cloud? They want to to have it more locally, or is that not an issue? We don't hear that concern. A lot, no. It we don't we don't have a lot. You know, we don't hear the concern that you know will will somebody else be able to access my data? We don't we don't hear that. So is it performance or is it the the price point or? It's the uh, it's the performance. Okay. Um. So both the the uptime, but also because there's a lot of data in, in retail, a lot of transactions. So. The performance is uh, important. Yeah, and um, you said that you you also sit with the contracts, and and I've seen the Microsoft contracts. But how how do you tackle that today? Obviously, you're pushing a SaaS solution, and like when somebody says, "But Sigrun, will this be up and running twenty four seven? Whenever I need it, it will be there." Like you know, how, how do you make them feel comfortable in this setup? Yeah, well, I mean the. Because we are basing our solution on the Dynamics platform, so our SaaS solution is in the public cloud of Microsoft. Yeah, and their terms apply to the provision of the solution, and they provide. Uh, I think it's ninety nine point nine in SLAs. Right. So that's a part of our terms then. Um, but yeah. But if you maybe coming back to the issue of, of contracts, etc., and and the channel, then one of the I would say the, the tricks or the magics behind having um, a large channel of partners is to have a standard contract framework to work with. Um, two things: both it it uh, makes your life easier as a provider because you know, you don't need to go repeatedly through the process of agreeing with a new partner. 
its standard. Right. And secondly, for the partners, they know that they are all being treated equally. They're all working on the same terms with LS Retail. SAS Nordic is growing, and now we're launching a unique peer-to-peer community on Slack. My name is Nina, I'm the SAS Nordic Community Manager, and I would like to invite you to join this exciting forum. This will be the place to network, collaborate, and share knowledge with other SAS professionals in the Nordics. The SAS Nordic community is free and open to everyone working in Nordic SAS companies. Come join us at sasnordic.com. We can't wait to have you on board. I wanted to ask a little bit about that uh, partner strategy and channel strategy. So, um, obviously, uh, some portion of them working with you was related to them running a bunch of consultancy hours to get this up and running for the customers. And now, potentially, you selling a SaaS solution. The delivery model is slightly different. I don't know, but maybe the the implementation cost and deployment exercise is not as big. Has that in any way been the case for you guys? And what has been the effect of that relationship then between you and the partners? Yeah, well, I think that's actually the, the, the key for the channel, you know, f- for a partner company that is uh, reselling and de- delivering a solution from a provider like LS Retail to to uh, find their new business cases. Like in our case, many of our partners have always had some add-on solutions, some of their own IP that they are you know delivering on top of our solution. So they still have that. They need to migrate that to you know be delivered in the cloud, and they continue receiving their earnings from that uh, IP. But they also need uh, to maybe package services. So instead of just performing a service, a project, that they have like more recurring service revenues because they have uh, designed some service packages or so that, that they are selling to their customers. And is this something you helped them with? Did you, when you went out on the big campaign and saying, we're going all SaaS, the delivery model is going to change, that's going to affect you partners. But since we're in a relationship together, here is how we believe you should additionally boost your business. Did you have a framework to help them? We do not. Um, We are not in, maybe their, their shoes, we don't have the same experience as them. Um, as we are not doing a lot of direct consulting businesses, so, so they probably know those things better than than we do. But you know what, what we can simply do is en- encourage them to to get there, you know, to have that in their portfolio, to be able to deliver those kind of services to their customers. All right. So to talk a little bit about your customers that have uh, migrated to to the cloud, what are the benefits? For them, would you say, is there particular things that they appreciated with with going SaaS? Um, yeah, um, of course, the being always on the latest version of a software is a big benefit, and that you never again need to go through a tedious upgrade project. I guess that's just you know the, the typical benefit for any customer, right? Yeah, and that's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, up- upgrade projects are 
costly and and we have we have modeled that i mean we have made analysis and compared um different sized on-prem implementations to uh saas deliveries um taking into account you know the it management and upgrade projects hosting etc so um saas always comes out as the winner in those comparisons yeah definitely obviously we are uh, we are biased uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and another typical thing when you have a solution in the cloud is that uh, suddenly you have you can work with more data and uh, what do you see what kind of opportunities is there for for you and your customers uh, with this mm-hmm. yeah i mean with uh, as you say the data of course uh, provides a lot of opportunities and we we um are already providing some uh like intelligent solutions like uh, um forecasting solutions okay that have to do with the like the inventory or re- replenishment for our customers so there's a, a lot of of data crunching behind services like that and um yeah a lot of opportunities to to take that further all right so more insights and um, predictive um information that that you can use as a customer in order to mm-hmm. to improve your business yeah and you can have it you know accessible for maybe um more of your employees mm. it becomes more of a just like one of the typical tools you use as an employee whatever you're doing it's not only for someone who's you know in the finance or accounting team and and crunching numbers yeah so you can take the pulse of the customers and make it visible internally so you can give them better service and know where what you need to focus on mm-hmm But another thing that I w- would like to ask you, I mean, you have done this transition now. You have, uh, you know, you said it, it started with Microsoft talking about this in 2014 and uh, you have a, had a big operation. What for, for a company that, you know, are starting this journey that, that has predominantly, they have an on-prem solution and they need to go cloud. Um, what do you want to tell them and any tips from your your side <laughs> well if you haven't started it's too late yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> amen amen yeah. that, that that says it all <laughs> see you on the other side okay <laughs> on that note um what does the future hold for for yourself and and for ls retail yeah oh, a lot of adventures hopefully okay yeah around iceland yeah anywhere <laughs> anywhere um yeah i would say if i start with ls retail i mean we have uh, a lot of opportunity in in a, a, a large customer base that needs to be migrated over to SaaS. um we have a nice opportunity also on the on the analytics side and uh using the data to a larger extent um like um working more on how our solution can provide uh guidance on on you know the best actions to take based on the data that we see etc so that's quite exciting are you growing um geographically or moving up 
uh, you said mid-market was your focus. Is there anything happening in that area? Yeah, so on the, we already have customers in, in 140 or plus countries. So we, we are um, in all different regions of the world. But I, I would say that there are opportunities in, for us in uh, both Africa and in APAC to grow more. And I think it's exciting to see over the next, let's say, decade, five years, a decade, to see um, where, we, where we are in Africa after, say, five, five years' time. Mm, that's a growing market. I think other markets like uh, Europe or the Americas, they, they will just, you know, size-wise will stay the same. Of course, there will be um, some renewal, but it's not a growing market exactly. It sounds like you have some uh, great opportunities to find the adventure in, in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we are already establishing um, a company in Africa. Are, are you still using the LS Retail brand in Africa or do you have another like... We, we use LS Retail everywhere we, we can. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And on a completely different side note, um, when you decide to go for Africa and you said you're setting up a local shop, where does this happen? Is it, is it South Africa or is where do you do this? Uh, yeah, well, that's a very good question. Well, uh, I put my man on Nigeria. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're wrong, Thomas. I think you're wrong in this case. You're both right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> that's polite. <laughs> no, so in, in Africa, we already have... Uh, partners in some countries and and maybe our largest uh, sub-region of Africa has, has been South Africa. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, how, however, <laughs> however, due to like, um, what should I say, Microsoft uh, taxation rules or schemes, um, we, to, to, to be able to do cloud business with Microsoft, SaaS business, we need to establish um, a legal entity in one of their Africa regional countries, which does not actually include South Africa, because South Africa belongs to Middle East region when it comes to Microsoft. So Kenya is the country of choice in our case, mm -hmm. which is a true African country in the eyes of Microsoft. Okay. Very cool. So I didn't know that. You're, so you have to essentially decide based on how Microsoft splits up the world. Yes. So an example would be if we want to do SaaS business in Brazil, or if we want to do SaaS business in Taiwan, we would need to establish legal entities in these countries because, because they are like specific cloud regions in the eyes of Microsoft. And I need to ask here, what about China? Because I know that that is a special case. China does not exist in the eyes of Microsoft. So there is no China region. <laughs> okay. And China is not in any region. Uh, and you can't run uh, your solution on Alibaba Cloud? Uh, not yet. Or whatever they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, um, we do have uh, customers in China, but uh, we... Uh, sell through our partners in, in Hong Kong and then they have some private private cloud solutions if, if they are if they use the cloud. Okay. 
So what are you looking for right now at uh, LS Retail? Any hires or anything else that you want to uh, address to the public here? Yeah, I mean, we we have quite aggressive, actually, plans going forward. Um, we um, aim to grow the partner channel over the next years. Uh, we want to grow it quite fast. And in order to do that, we, we need to, of course, increase our support and our services to those partners. Okay, so if you want to work for LS Retail, can you do that from... Anywhere in the world, or do you have to, you know, work from Iceland? No, 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 no. I mean, we we have we have offices in in um, in Iceland, in Atlanta, and the U.S., in Dubai, Kuala Lumpur, and in uh, Portugal, Porto. But apart from that, we have a lot of of home offices. I I think I don't know if we have employees in fifteen countries or something like that. So we have. Uh, uh, employees in a lot of countries and and uh, absolutely people should look at alisretail.com and, and look for job opportunities uh, sounds like you have some really uh, interesting locations there so yeah, yeah yeah there you go all channel and partner managers mm -hmm. check it out check it out please Excellent, Sigrun. Uh, this was this was really fun and, and, and always fun again to have Icelandic companies here. Um, we wanted to ask you, who would you like to see on the show next? Uh, ah, that's a very good question. Yeah, I, and I just, I was waiting for it. I wanted to put you to the test here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is there a particular topic in the SaaS space that you feel that we should address here? I am actually not sure. Maybe what the heck, what the heck does the C chief operating officer do? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. What? Uh, there's one. Uh, there's one uh, topic that I, I, I. We don't didn't directly address it, but it's like, you know, if you're a company, what is the difference for you going? You know, being a new company, you, you know, like uh, born in the cloud, and a traditional company like LS Retail, or someone, you know who has a very traditional business and needs to like migrate to the cloud. Sigrun, uh, it was great talking to you today. And uh, what's good is that we will soon meet you again because you're going to be one of the speakers at SASIS 2021. You're going to be in uh, a panel talking more about uh, working with channel sales and working with partners. So we're looking forward to dig deeper into that area of your business. Me too. Thanks for the invite. Definitely. Looking forward to having you there. And thanks for today. Have a great evening now and we'll speak soon. Thank you. And likewise. See you. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right, Daniel. So what, what are your takeaways from, from the episode? Yeah, and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm biased here because we were all about sauce. But I think it was, once again, we, we heard from, from Sigrun that... Uh, the future is in the cloud so it's it's nothing you should resist it's more of a matter like how do you embrace it and to me there's some clear benefits that's one of them she, she really pinpointed the fact of always being on the latest release is so beneficial from so many aspects for the company for the customer for the users so yeah it's, it's really a no-brainer it's more about make sure you think about all the things on how to get there as fast as you possibly can because if you don't you're going to lose 
What about you, Thomas? Well, I think uh, one thing that we talked a little bit about is how the partners role changes a little bit. So it's not so much about installing and upgrading and all of that, that can be quite IT intensive. It becomes more of being an advisor, working with uh, developing the business and also offer value-added services uh, that could be uh, customizations or apps or other things that you can put on top of the solution. So. I think that also forces you to work with your partners in a slight different way. So, yeah, that was it. And definitely, and that that's so true because we we've both seen it close hand. So, think about your partners when you're doing this migration, and don't wait. Do it right away. All right. And we hope you like this episode, and we hope you like SAS Nordic. And if you do that, uh, please follow us on LinkedIn, join the SAS Nordic community, and. What you should do is to attend Sassiest 2021. Don't miss it. Get your tickets today. And um, let's make it the greatest SAS event in the Nordics ever. And um, another thing that we would like to highlight here in the end of the episode is that we want to thank uh, those companies that allow us to use their services for our benefit when we work with SAS Nordic. And today we want to thank GetAccept that we have had a lot of benefits from when we work with agreements around the SAS event. So thank you, GetAccept. Thank you, GetAccept. <laughs>